0: To full service radio,
1: full service radio, full service,
0: full service, full service,
1: full service radio. Welcome to Beer Me on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington D.C. I'm your host, Sarah Jane. During my time in culinary school, I gained an appreciation for good beer and continued my studies in beer at grad school at NYU. Since then, I have been a beer director, beer bar general manager, and I get to continue to explore the beer world with all of you wonderful listeners. Every week, I will have a guest on the show to discuss different parts of the beer world, from brewers, importers, educators. This will allow us to examine the dynamic world of beer through different lenses. Whether you're new to beer or a seasoned professional, we will have something for you. So, welcome back on this beautiful Monday morning, pre-spring. Uh, welcome back to the show, Sam Nellis. He is the beer director uh, for All Purpose and Red Hen, all locations.
0: All locations.
1: All of them. Welcome back to the show.
0: Thanks. Thanks for having me back.
1: How was your weekend?
0: Uh, pretty good.
1: Yeah? Yeah.
0: I um, got to spend some time with my wife, which is always nice. Nice. Um, and... We got to go back to my old stomping grounds at Church Key for some brunch because they have a, a new chef there and I wanted to check it out.
1: Yeah, that's where that's where Sam and I work together at Birch and Brother Church right. Key. So how was the how's the new menu?
0: It's fun. Yeah? Yeah, I had shakshuka, which for those of you that don't know is like a traditional Middle Eastern Israeli tomato stew with uh, eggs baked into it because, you know, eggs make everything better.
1: Mm, agree to disagree. You don't like eggs? It's not something I'm super public about. Now that I'm saying it on air, <laughs> I'm a little ashamed. You of should it. be ashamed <laughs> of it. I'm a little ashamed of it, but no, I don't. Why don't like you go eggs. to culinary
0: school and like? Do
1: you know how hard breakfast class was? I bet it was really hard. Was so I had the we had like a, a bucket <laughs> for when you fa- when you failed at making an omelet mm-hmm. or when you when your eggs were bad. It dumped in the bucket. Um, Did you have
0: a really bad dump bucket?
1: Yeah, I had a really bad dump bucket. And it was also like, you know, you go to class at 3 in the morning, so you're already a little, like, queasy Mm because you don't have enough sleep or anything like that. And then I'm sitting here baking eggs. I kept that bucket really close in case I had to, you know.
0: That's awful. Yeah. (laughs) makes me really want to talk about delicious things.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, so you were at Church Key for brunch. Did you have Mm -hmm. any good beer?
0: Well, I only had one because it was early in the morning, and, you know, it's fine. You didn't have a dump bucket. I did not. Uh, I had the Kutzka 10. Oh, man. Which is just... One of the dopest beers on the planet. Mm-hmm. I don't remember a whole lot of information about it anymore. I used to be That's able to fine. tell you like a million things about it. What I can tell you is that it's lagered for a full six weeks, I think, mm-hmm. um, and that lagering process really helps to to ease off any off flavors that might be left after the the fermentation. And uh, it's real dope. Yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, no, that's it's, one of it's my not favorite just, beers. It's not just that nothing is wrong with it. It's that so much is right with it. Mm-hmm. Just perfect.
1: Yeah. Um, I had a delicious beer myself. I went to the Sovereign, which is part of the, part okay. of the fam mm-hmm. um, of the neighborhood restaurant group in Georgetown. It was Orvalde on the 23rd, mm. um, which was actually also my mom's birthday, Okay. She turned the big six zero. Really? So took her to. Sovereign. You know I love your mom. Yeah, she's great. She's amazing. <laughs> Cooking her dinner tonight.
0: Um, no, not, not eggs.
1: She hates eggs too. Actually, good for her. Yeah, <laughs>
0: good for her. it's a whole family thing.
1: It's a whole family thing. Everybody hates eggs. Um, so don't hate us for that, or unsubscribe, <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> so the they're all egg haters. They're oh, all subscribe. <laughs> We're out. Um, but yeah, it was. It's, it's one of my favorite beers, mm. um, and for those of you who aren't super familiar, it's one of the Trappist beers. This is coming from a monastery kind of in the southern part of uh, Belgium, right on the border of France. Uh, and Orvalde lands at a different part, you know, every spring or whatever. And apparently, legend has it, there was a maiden or a widow and she was either visiting the monastery or she was like in the area. There are different versions of the story. But she was like in this, she was like near a well or a creek or something. And she dropped her wedding ring by accident, clumsy, into the water. And she looked up to the heavens and prayed, Oh God, please. Bring me back my ring. And a trout, specifically a trout, no one's debating that fact, um, (laughs) immediately brings it back up in its mouth and returns the ring to her. And she proclaims that this is an amazing thing. And she either establishes the monastery or she gives a bunch of money to them, but either way. Celebration of this really amazing beer. So it's a Trappist Ale. It's dry hopped. It's Britannomyces because it's bottle conditioned. So it's really... It's funky and delicious. It's funky and delicious. My mom had never had it before. She was really excited to try it and she loved it. And um, Sovereign's doing half price bottles uh, for March Madness. Like really fun, rare bottles. Like a bunch of Allagash and Jester King and everything like that. That's and cool. Um, they had half-off Canteon bottles. So I got a bottle of Canteon for $12.50, which is... Basically almost less it's than free. what you'd pay in it's the free brewery. just at that point. Um, and my mom had never had that before. And they actually did like the presentation with, you know, putting the, putting the bottle in the basket and pouring it properly mm-hmm. and everything like that. And that was cool to see my mom try this beer that she had heard so much about for the first time. Yeah. That was a cool experience. And I prefaced it. If you don't like it, that's okay. Just because it's rare, just because it's expensive doesn't mean you have to like it.
0: No. I mean, that's true of so many things, though, too. Yes. Like eggs. Just because just because they're, just they're popular. Just because literally everybody else on the planet likes them doesn't mean you have to. Yeah,
1: that's that's where I take my stand.
0: Um, no, but I actually really think that a lot about everything that we do in restaurants, which is like, we're doing our best to do the best for you. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to like it. Not everyone likes all the same stuff. A lot of your, your palate is based on your history and what you know, what house you were brought up in and what was important to that house and what you've explored since then. And so, you know, I'm always going to try to put something that I think is the best example of that thing Mm -hmm. that I can possibly in front of you following a specific set of, you know, rules that I've made up for myself. Um, and if you don't like it, that's okay. I'm just glad you tried it.
1: Yeah. Always try it. And you know what? Hey, I do try eggs. In, in every situation.
0: That's okay. I, listen, yeah. I you don't have to.
1: No, but I do. And here's... This is the best story for uh, one time I had to really, like, you know, eat eggs for real. Um, it was... <laughs> Um, this is a tangent. It's fine. Uh, so I was uh, helping Lucy Burningham. She uh, wrote a book called My Beer Year. Um, and she's been on the show before. Check out her episode. She was amazing. Um, but we were going to different breweries in Belgium um, for research purposes and for drinking purposes. And uh, we got connected with this this club of people who they bike, but they also drink beer together. They do like tastings together. And we got invited over to their house. So we went to this beautiful, like remade farmhouse and they had all these different beers, all these different cheeses. It was absolutely amazing. But they were cooking a uh, Belgian delicacy, which is hop sprouts. So this is right when the hop vine peeks its little head out of the uh, ground and they pluck it. And it's this very fresh, it's a, it's a spring... Flavor, right? Mm -hmm. And have you had them before? No. Okay. Well, they're they're amazing, and it's really delicate and really fresh. But they put it with eggs, like very... they put it with eggs.
0: And and that was difficult for you?
1: Well, you know, they, they did this whole song and dance about how important this was and how rare this was and how hard it is to get a hold of the hop sprouts and all this other stuff. And, you know, it was so much pride and we were their guests. So I'm looking across the table at Lucy and she knows I hate eggs because we'd had this discussion for mm-hmm. breakfast. And she and I are looking at each other and she kind of gives me that face like, you gotta... A buck up. Gotta buck up and eat this. Yeah. And I was like, game on. So I... I ate that, I ate the whole thing, and I looked up, like, with nausea and pride, and she, like, gave me a thumbs up. Like good for you. Good for you. You kind of made
0: it a beer story, because you were, you know, you were involved in beer at yeah. the moment.
1: And it was, it was really cool. It was a beer-related egg experience. It was experience. a beer-related egg experience. Because <laughs> for
0: a moment, we were going to have to rename this Egg Me <laughs>
1: I don't know how we, we, we got off we got off topic. Here. That's okay. That's all right. That's all right. This is a
0: classic for us.
1: Uh, yeah, pretty much. This yeah, this episode is gonna be a little all over the place. Uh, full warning. That's okay. That's all right. So it'll be more fun. Um, okay. And for those of you just tuning in, we're talking with Sam Nellis. He's the bar director for All Purpose and Red Hen, uh, in Washington D.C. You guys have locations in Shaw, Bloomingdale, and down by the waterfront, right? That's right. Yeah. I got them all.
0: That's right great. next to the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Um on the little-used uh, first baseline entrance. So not only can you have easier access to the ballpark once you come down, you can have really great pizza and really great beer and really, I think, okay cocktails. I do the cocktails, and they're just fine.
1: They're just <laughs> <laughs> Sam is incredibly modest about his cocktail uh, production. He makes amazing cocktails. They're delicious. Um, so, well, Thank you. Yeah, I think they're great. Okay. Um but so yeah with the with all purpose down by the waterfront, uh you've got opening day coming up.
0: That's right, this week.
1: This week on Thursday.
0: hmm Actually today's the first home game. Yeah, but uh, it's the Yankees it's not, and it doesn't count. It's yeah, it's a preseason game. Yeah. Um but it is the Yankees, so like, you know, it's still a fun game to go see. Um
1: I am more excited for the game that I will be attending on Thursday against the Mets. The
0: New York Metropolitan Idiots. I'm for, sorry to all the New York no, fans. I'm sorry. You're
1: talking to a Mets fan right now. That's right. the whole reason why I'm going to the game. I know
0: you're a Mets fan. Mm-hmm. And you're the only one I think is an idiot. That's it. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so, but you're doing something special for that day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, we're going to So, I'm letting doing, you plug something no, for I your restaurant that. and then you call me an idiot. <laughs> Go. Carry on, sir. So, no, well, so... For the whole season, mm-hmm. as much as we can, because there's some logistical limitations on it, but as much as we can, we'd like to, every time there's home games, do what we call a head-to-head series, and that is a a, a little double entendre for you know the head of the beer mm-hmm. as well. Um, oh, I see what you did there. Oh, yeah, same. Mm, yeah, sounds. Yes, yes. uh, it's a head-to-head series where we'll take a couple beers from D.C. and a couple beers um, from... The hometown, uh, a brewery from the hometown of the visiting team, and we'll put them up against each other. Um, mm-hmm. So, for example, this week, we have uh, uh, DC Brow going head to head with um, Single Cut out of New York.
1: Yeah. Um, out of Queens. That's right. Right on Ditmar's.
0: Did you used to live in Queens? I did. I oh, my lived, goodness. I lived in
1: Queens. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Dan Bronson from Single Cut has, has been on the show before. Oh, that's great. Um, so it's exciting.
0: Well, so we have two beers from each one. Mm-hmm. Um, so DC Brow is uh, pulling out um, uh, Full Count, mm-hmm. uh, which is their light lager, or Hell's Lager that they do especially for us. Um, and um, uh, they're also bringing over, um, sorry, what's the name of it? Joint Resolution. Yes. I was having trouble. It's their newest beer in their year-round lineup. So uh citizen is uh which is their belgian pale has become a seasonal mm-hmm. and now in their uh lineup they have joint resolution which is a 5.5% hazy new england style IPA It's good. It is good. I just had it yesterday. We put it on at the Red Hen. Yeah. Um and it's really good. Mhm. Um I
1: appreciate a hazy IPA that's lower in alcohol.
0: Yeah, and cuz you know, usually it's still,
1: they go a little it, too crazy.
0: It's also still really them. Mhm. Um Their hot profile, like when you taste it, it really tastes like a DC brow beer um, that is a little bit lighter, brighter, um, and and with the hazy quality a little bit more nuanced um, than some of their more aggressive beers. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, it was really delicious. Yeah. Um, And so those two will be going up against uh, single cuts. I have them written down so I don't forget. I'm sorry. Um, uh, we have Weird and Gilly IPA and mm-hmm. Plain Top Pilsner. Plain Top Pilsner is really cool. Yes. Um, so it uh, makes use of three styles of hops. There's uh, uh, New World hops, uh, Pacific Northwest hops, uh, New Zealand hops, and uh, traditional uh, European hops. Um, so it's uh, it's got a lot going on in the hop profile, a little bit of uh, fruit character, a little bit of uh, that sort of bold... Uh, Northwest IPA quality, but it's not an IPA, obviously. It's Pilsner. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that sort of classic Haas Noble Hop uh, spicy quality, too. It's really good.
1: Nice. It's nice and fresh. It's free-ish. Good. Good. (laughs) Well, I was worried that, like... You know, being a, a DC, a, a native DC person, mm-hmm. and being a Nationals fan, you might like, you know. Try
0: to tip the the scale. Tip
1: the scale a little like, oh, yeah, we're going to put this Pilsner on from Queens, but it's been sitting in storage for four months. No. So. no. We've got a
0: great relationship with them. Yeah. So we got them uh, to send us down some cool stuff um, for our inaugural head to head series. Nice. Very cool.
1: I'm, I'm not accusing you of serving stale beer. I was just, you know, making sure. J'accuse. J'accuse. <laughs> um, so we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on Beer Me.
0: Up all night with the same thing in my head. Just wanting you here next to me. The track you're listening to during the break is called all, all Right, right, right Baby right. by Keto. If you're tuned you in, agree. you're listening to Full Service Radio. We'll
1: be right back. Welcome back to Beer Me on Full Service Radio, recorded live at the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I am your host, Sarah Jane, and I'm joined in studio by Sam Nellis. He is the bar director for All Purpose and Red Hen, all locations. Um, That's my favorite track that they play in the middle. between. The jams are good. Yeah, the jams are really good. We're very spoiled here on Full Service Radio because we have all this great original music from all these D.C. musicians and DJs and stuff like that. So we're incredibly spoiled very spoiled, so I love it. D.C. D.C. Um, okay, so I want to talk to you a little bit about list management.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, because, yes, you are in charge of cocktails, and I'm sure you play a hand in wine a little bit. I really
0: do not play a hand, not hand in hand wine.
1: Do not play in wine, okay. That's no, fine. and
0: probably for the best. I enjoy wine. That's fine. But I, you know, the breadth of my knowledge is not uh, very large.
1: I'm the same way. And and the other matter is, is I, I don't have a I don't, I don't care about it enough. (laughs) Um,
0: I care about it. I want people to have a, I mean, I'm sure you do too. I always want people to have a good time. So I know enough to like help a guest, like find what they're looking for and, and be able to turn them onto something cool that maybe they haven't had. Um, Oh, I like this. Oh, then you're definitely going to like this. Yeah. Um, But in terms of like what you would need to know to put together a list, I think that's the part that I don't care enough to know about. Um, and also,
1: like, when I'm out at the store, I'm never like, oh, you know what I could really go for? Some wine. I'm never, like, I'm never craving wine. Uh, sometimes
0: I do. No. But I'm crazy. Crazy.
1: <laughs> so you, you, you do these beautiful cocktails. Mm-hmm. You have all these fun programs. You're doing, what, a spritz week this week, right? That's right.
0: At uh, All Purpose Shaw, mm-hmm. uh, we're doing a celebration of the beginning of spring. Um, so all week long, Monday through Friday, 530 to 7, we're doing bottomless spritzes. Um, And so that doesn't just include Aperol spritzes. It includes um, three regionally inspired spritzes from the rest of Europe, including Italy as well. So uh, we have something called the OG spritz, which is like what they say the original spritz is made with, not Aperol, but uh, an aperitivo called Aperitivo Select. And that's Mm -hmm. like what Venetians drink. Uh, And then we're doing a Paris-inspired one, which is made with um, Bonal, which is a, a... a liqueur with gentian and uh, chinchoa bark um, with um, some dry uh, cider from Potter's in uh, Virginia mm-hmm. um, and a little bit of lemon is really, really refreshing um, with some nice depth to it. And then, uh, in celebration of Portugal's uh, aperitif tradition, we do a little bit of white port and tonic, which is real, real dope. Oh,
1: that sounds delicious. So, like, what does, and we're gonna go off topic again here, yeah. but what is technically a spritz?
0: I mean, it does not. I wouldn't say it has a technical definition. I would I would say it's something low ABV and mm-hmm. bubbly. Um,
1: so it's like the aperitif. It's supposed to that's be... That's exactly what know. it is. It,
0: a spritz is just uh, an aperitif. Um, but when, you know, when you're talking about the Italian spritz, mm-hmm. um, it largely follows the same structure, which is that you have three ingredients. Um, that's uh, Prosecco or another bubbly white wine but if you're in italy it's prosecco mm-hmm. um prosecco um uh, bitter aperitivo which is like um how did i describe it? it's uh it's it's a bitter bittersweet liqueur uh, mm-hmm. that's generally orange or red in color yeah. um, which differentiates it from the other italian bittersweet uh, um drink which is amaro which is darker in color and drunk at the end of the meal mm-hmm. uh and then soda water and nice. they go in a ratio of three, two, one. So three parts Prosecco, two parts Aperitivo, one part soda water mm. and ice. It's great. So that's the Italian spritz. But I would say that spritz is a much larger category involving anything that you, you know, can have a couple drinks before dinner and sort of get your you know, body into that sort of night mode and having a great day. Night mode? Night mode. Okay.
1: <laughs> that's fine. But
0: you can have them all day long.
1: But... <laughs> <laughs> So you okay? So you also manage the beer lists, mm-hmm. um, and with your background with, at Birch and Barley Church Key, this is something that you are very knowledgeable about. Um,
0: to be clear, because I want to give credit to the people that yeah. are are doing the work at mm-hmm. at the all purpose restaurants. I don't do the beer lists. Mm-hmm. I, you know, if they want my opinion on them, they do. But they already have very capable people doing those lists. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Danny Farr at All Purpose Shaw. She does a great, great job. Brings in really cool, interesting stuff. Um, and then Gareth um, Croak down at uh, Riverfront. He and I will be, like, doing it together yeah. uh, over the summer. Um, but he already does an incredible job. And, and I wouldn't want to step on any toes there. I do the list entirely at the Red Hen.
1: Okay. So you know, and this is something I've done list management before. Um, and I think it always starts with what kind of experience you want your guests to have. Mm -hmm. And that kind of answers a lot of the questions as far as, you know, what you're putting on the list, but how long the list needs to be and what you're offering versus cans or bottles, small format, large format. you know, mm-hmm. These are all the different questions that you have to go through. When you're thinking about a beer to put on the list at Red Hen, what are some qualifications that you're looking
0: for? Well, sure. I, I start with any list I'm doing, whether mm-hmm. it be cocktails or beer, thinking about identity. Because what your menu reads is what your guest is going to think about you in the broadest sense. It's sort of like getting dressed in the morning. What you wear communicates what you want the world to think about you or how you see that's yourself. that's a lot
1: of extra pressure, but yeah, continue.
0: <laughs> well, like today I thought, oh, I want the world to think I'm a working man, so I'm going to wear blue jeans and a plain white shirt and a backwards hat. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's pressure, but if you don't care, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> But but when it comes to doing the lists and you you know you have to care you really want people to to think a certain way about your restaurant um, that's where you start um, so at the the Red Hen um, I really start off by thinking about local producers uh, things that are seasonal um, things that I think go really well with food I think about the food that we have um, you know we do a lot of, of pastas. Yeah. So, like, one beer I feel like I, I have to have is the Andescher Doppelbach Dunkel, which goes, you know, I had it on the show the last time I was in. It just mm-hmm. goes really well with bringing out the natural sweetness and starches um, and sort of acting as a, a catch-all for, like, any flavor that you're going to put on the plate. Um, and then I have a core lineup of some local breweries because we're local. We love to support local um, so you'll see Atlas on there. You'll see DC Brow. You'll see Three Stars. Um,
1: you guys have had Manor Hill on before. We've
0: had Manor Hill on before. Mm-hmm. You'll see Real Ale Revival. Um, so tons and tons and tons of local because there's so much good beer being made locally. Mm-hmm. And it would be a shame not to spotlight that for people and say, you know, Red Hen isn't just an Italian restaurant. It's a DC restaurant.
1: Yeah.
0: Um it's, you know, inspired by lots of other places, but it couldn't exist anywhere else. It's D.C.
1: Yeah. So is that why, I mean, I haven't seen any kind of like Italian craft beer. And the other part of that is that Italian craft beer is really expensive.
0: It is. It also doesn't come in formats that I can really do much with. Okay. Um. So like take, for example, like, I mean, I only have two draft lines and only so much space in my my keg fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't bring in Tepo pills because it comes in a format. I, I physically can't carry. Yeah. I would love to. I think yeah. Tepo pills is one of the best Pilsners I can ever have. It's delicious, mm-hmm. but I just can't physically carry it.
1: Yeah. I got, gotcha. I feel
0: like is a shame.
1: Yeah. How do you, I mean, the wine list, mm-hmm. uh, for example, at Red Hen is really amazing. And to be honest, when I go to Red Hen, I start my meal with a Campari soda, Mm -hmm. I move into one of your amazing cocktails, and then I end with an Amaro. That's just how I roll when I go to that restaurant. You are
0: in like the less than 1% of the population.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because everyone else is ordering wine, right? right? So you've got people ordering cocktails, you've got people ordering wine, you've got my weird ass doing whatever I do. Who's drinking beer? Exactly. Who's drinking beer? The people
0: that are drinking beer are people that were going to always drink beer. Mm Mm-hmm. It's pretty rare, and I I think it's pretty rare at most restaurants, for someone to come come in, sit down, and have a beer, and then have a bottle of wine. It's perfectly normal to come in and have a cocktail, and then a bottle of wine. But your beer drinkers are really people that like, they like beer. Mm -hmm. And so when you're making a list for them, you're trying to give them a wide breadth of of options that are going to make them happy. So I can't only have, you know, five IPAs, even though IPAs represent, you know, a certain whatever percentage of total national sales, because I've only got 15 uh, offerings. Yeah. So if I have, you know, five IPAs, that's 30%, 33% of everything on my list. So I can offer two IPAs, and I've got two on the list right now. I've got the Joint Resolution uh, Mm -hmm. from DC Brow, and then I've got Sierra Nevada's Brute IPA. um, Nice. Which is, you know, a super, super dry IPA. They're wildly different styles, Mm -hmm. even within the IPA framework. Yeah. Um, I've got a couple pale ales, but then I've got some Saison. I've got a Whitbeer. I've got a brown ale, I've got a porter, you know, we'll move out of, I've got two porters on right now, and as the warm weather comes in, we'll move out of that. We won't have two, because, you know, I still have one, because the porter drinker, or a stout drinker, will drink that all year round.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: That was always, like, the craziest thing about being at Churchkey when we would put on, like, a barrel-aged imperial stout, and be like, you know, it's August, I'm sweating, just, like, thinking about the outdoors, and I'm like, who's going to drink this? And then it's like gone in a day. Like, oh, th- th- those guys. Those people will drink <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> so the, the question is, and, you know, every single time I've been to any kind of like panel discussion or committee or whatever, the question is, is how do you get people to drink more beer? How do you get those wine drinkers, those cocktail drinkers, how do you get them to drink the beer?
0: Well, I think that at Birch and Barley Church Key, the answer was to put it in their face. And say like this is, this is the greatest thing on the planet. Yeah, but that, to... that was
1: easy. You had fifty lines. You could pour them a two ounce pour, and mm-hmm. you know get them hooked.
0: Yeah, but I mean,
1: but know... in like your so like Red Hen, I feel like is such a great example of a restaurant because I mean, yes, I love it, but you know,
0: how do you, how, you, how do you feel about it? I love that
1: <laughs> restaurant, but you have um you're getting such a great mix of people coming to that restaurant Mm. you know it's not all old white people right yeah you get this great mix you get neighborhood people you get out of town people and so i think it's a good way to to look at you know what people are actually consuming in restaurants or italian restaurants but um you know how do you how do you get people to consume more beer
0: I mean, education, mm-hmm. educating your staff, educating yourself, educating your guests in a way that is compassionate and thoughtful and doesn't come from a place of like, oh, I'm doing you a favor, right? Nobody likes to, to feel like, like your service is telling them that they're stupid because they're not stupid. Yeah. You just happened to learn it first. That's what people should always really remember when they, when they know something somebody else doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Is it like, you just happened to learn it before they did. Yes. That doesn't make you better in any way. You literally just like (laughs) happened to learn it first. And probably you learned it from somebody that taught it to you in a compassionate way. Like, Oh, you don't know that it's this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, you know, take for example, like the, the, the Schlafly Mm Kolsch, you know, and, and somebody, when we used to have staff members who like thought they knew a lot about beer when they first came in and they'd be like, and we, you know, the first question, you'd be like, well, what's a Kolsch? And they'd be like, what's well, a lager. You'd be like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> um, but then, like, you know, the way that you, you teach them and, like, learn to love it is to teach them, like, how do you get an ale yeast to taste like that? Well, you drop it temperature down, and so it's not as active. So it still gives you those beautiful, delicate fruit qualities, but, like, with that light crispness that you would expect from a lager, isn't that interesting? Isn't that cool? And then you've, like, made them love the concept of it
1: yeah
0: um and i think that that's true for guests as well that like you know not every guest is going to want to sit there and like hear you talk about what a culture is which i learned really quickly when i first became a server and i was like oh my god and they were like i don't care bring me my food (laughs) um and um but there's lots of people that are really interested in expanding their minds um on that subject and you can tell that it's it's happening because your average guest is so much more educated than they were 10 years ago. Yeah. They come in and they know what they want and they want to learn something new. Um, and so your ability to offer new and interesting things just goes up from there. Yeah. Because the base knowledge has, has increased so greatly.
1: It was actually impressive to see at the sovereign yesterday for Urvalde. I looked across the bar and it's not, all like dudes with beards drinking Orval. White dudes with no, beards. No, white dudes with beards. White dudes with beards. No, it was it was a mix of all different kinds of people. Young, old, mm-hmm. all different colors. Women. I mean, everyone's drinking Orval. And I, was, yeah, well, I wanted and to like run around the room and cheers everybody. And that's
0: the other way. That's inappropriate. To, I don't know how much I can like me personally do like in service at the Red Hen. Mm-hmm. But the other way to get more people drinking more beer is to make beer less of this weird, exclusive bearded white guy club Mm -hmm. to offer opportunities for, you know, beer to come from places it hasn't traditionally come from, uh, or back to places it has traditionally come from, which is women, right. You know, and to, to create all these spaces that are really welcoming for people, um, and to support, uh, local breweries that are, that are doing interesting things, um, where you can, you know, have more of an effect on, on things. Um, there's lots of organizations all over the country that are uh, focused on bringing people into the fold and you can support those organizations. You can, you know, buy a t-shirt, yeah. Just buy a t-shirt and you can, you can, I am mean, seriously, like, you know, it's tough to put your money where your mouth is, but you, you can, if you want a, a cool t-shirt, buy a t-shirt, go buy a six pack of, of, you know, beer from a, a local brewery where you know the people and they... You know we're doing supportive uh, things,
1: yeah for sure, and you know this is such a great welcome I mean I've always experienced it as a very welcoming community, so which is you know it's really nice, so yeah it it is it, for the most part a, a pretty welcoming I, community I
0: would say on the whole, yes yeah. M- more than fifty percent
1: more than fifty percent a welcoming community so i I have hope that you know, you're, you're only going to see the beer world expand as far as who is enjoying it. And I think through education, and I agree with you. It's, I, I it's think more the, and
0: more the, the people that want to keep it exclusive mm-hmm. are being drowned out by the people that are going, no, beer's for everybody. Yeah. Because it is. Yeah. Like when you make a beer, the hops don't care what you look like. The water doesn't care what you look like. The yeast doesn't care what you look like. Nobody cares what you look like mm-hmm. when, when you're making the beer. And if you're trying to keep an exclusive club to people that just happen to have learned about it before, right? Yes. You know, <laughs> like the guys that are like, you know, lining up and want to be the only ones in line and want to crap on, on the people behind them that are like, yeah, I just heard about this brewery. It's like you only happened to learn about it first.
1: Yeah. That's it
0: it's not yours just because you happen to learn about it first
1: yeah and and the the beauty is is that you you know share it and that's the exciting part
0: it's incredible yeah cuz you know what happens when there's more people doing it there's there's more beer getting made there's more new stuff to try when there's a bigger market for it
1: and when there is a bigger market you're driving up quality as well because they're forced to produce a better product yeah. so that they can stand out that way unless they want to go like hyper gimmicky and just you know
0: that was on the last episode we can't yeah, get we back can't into get
1: that yeah we can't get back in there. <laughs> Uh well thank you so much for coming by and being on the show again. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um check out uh Spritz Week at All Purpose. At
0: twelve fifty Ninth Street Northwest at All Purpose Shaw.
1: Okay. From what is it, five to seven?
0: Five to five thirty to seven. Five thirty to seven. Uh you should come down and visit us for the head to head series down at All Purpose Riverfront. Yeah, where That's Queens a, will
1: dominate, much like the Mets over the Nationals.
0: Think the Mets are gonna be good this year?
1: god
0: i hope so <laughs> uh that's a uh doc 79 yeah uh which is at a uh, 79th potomac avenue southeast um just and co- just come to the red hen just go
1: to the red hen if you haven't been in the red hen just, just come to, go to, the to the red, red hen, hen
0: which is at 1822 first street I know uh, Northwest
1: all these addresses off the top of your head.
0: Well, I'm going to tell you one that I don't know. Okay. Which is even though I don't work there, you should still go by Boundary Stone uh, after you go to the Red Hen on Monday nights. That's today. Mm-hmm. Monday nights uh, they do their open mic, and uh, Colleen Gillespie, who's been on your show a couple of times, she I believe, has. yeah, uh, does a really great job with her beer program. She's actually got an interesting thing going on there because she's got really great craft beer, but you know their bar serves a huge wide variety of people, as represented at open mic on Monday nights. And so she's got beers for everybody and craft beers, and she does a really amazing job there. I don't know their address, but they're right around the corner from the Red Hen. Yeah,
1: you can stumble there. That's right. <laughs> or waddle there if you're filled with pasta. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, this is Beer Me on full-service radio, recorded live at the Line Hotel. I'm your host, Sarah Jane. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, reach out to me on Instagram at BeerMeRadio or via email, BeerMeRadio at gmail.com. We'll see you next week. Cheers. <laughs>